0: Welcome, Abdallah, here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We have breaking Bears news today. Don't you love days like that, Abdallah? The Bears earlier today, they're set to hire Shane Waldron as their new offensive coordinator. He will be joining the Bears after a three-year stint as the offensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks. The last couple years, they've had a pretty decent offense, and then obviously the uh, play of Geno Smith has elevated the status of Shane Waldron in NFL circles because Geno Smith was left for dead as an NFL quarterback, and he's played really well the last couple of seasons. What does this mean for Justin Fields and the future of the Bears quarterback position?
1: Well, I think it probably means that Justin Fields, like we talked about before when they fired Luke Getze, that he's probably going to be traded. I don't think you bring in someone who's going to pass the ball more, who statistically you know, has a track record of passing the ball more than running about 60-40 uh, uh, split there, with Justin Fields, who we've seen struggles to pass the football. This Seattle offense was 11th in offensive DVOA at the end of the season. So they were close to a top-10 offense by way DVOA, drink twice. And I think that he's going to want to come in and run an offense— that yeah is still going to run the football to set yeah. up the pass and that kind of thing but is going to want to pass the football a lot and to me that probably means that they're going to look at drafting someone at 1 most likely Caleb Williams and move on from Justin Fields and that's fine if that's what they want to do you know if that's the path that they're going to take you reset your your salary structure with the quarterback so you have a cheap quarterback for four more for the next 4 years before you pick up the 5th year option and it, it it is an unknown, but then also you have your ninth pick to do something with, and maybe you take a wide receiver there, or maybe you take an offensive lineman there, or whatever it is to do, and you build around Caleb Williams. It's not like if Caleb Williams comes in here with Shane Waldron, he's got nothing. You know? He's going to have DJ Moore, he's going to have Cole Komet, he's probably gonna have another wide receiver that they hopefully take ninth, because that's what I would do, is take whoever's there available ninth, and then that's That's your offense. You know, you have a decent offensive line. You're going to add a center, at least a center, to the starting group there. And hopefully it's someone... Maybe not a rookie. Maybe you go the, the veteran route with the center because you're going to have a rookie quarterback if that's what they choose to do. But this is an offense that, you know, turned Geno Smith around. This is an offense that is off of that Shanahan-McVay tree that everybody keeps talking about. And it seems like the Bears, from the guys that they interviewed, they interviewed nine different offensive coordinators. Shane Waldron was the first interview, and they ended up going with Shane Waldron today. And so when you look back at the uh, career
0: to this point as a coach for Shane Waldron, you know, uh, 2008, he was a offensive quality controlled coach with the Patriots. Uh, Adam mentioned the different connections to McVay and the Shanahan tree. Uh, He was with Washington in 2016 as an offensive quality control coach. In between those chunks of time with the Patriots and Washington, he was in college football. He was bouncing around different football leagues. Uh, But once he got back in 2016 with Washington, he then goes to Los Angeles with the Rams in 2017. He was there up until uh, 2020 when he was a passing game coordinator for Sean McVay. So he worked under the quarterbacks as a quarterback coach. He was passing game coordinator for the Rams as well for multiple years under McVay. And then he gets the gig as offensive coordinator with the Seahawks. So the thing that I like about this for the Chicago Bears is this is an individual In those uh, offensive schematic systems that have had a lot of success in the NFL, and he has credentials where he's actually done this. This is not Luke Getze getting the first time to call plays as a Bears Bears coach. And I think that's the difference. Getze was with the Packers when they were having success. He wasn't actually calling the plays. Shane Waldron has called the plays for the Seahawks for three seasons. And the Seahawks' offense has been pretty good in those three seasons. This year, yards per play offensively, they were 11th. Last year, they were 8th. The year before that, in 2021, his first year as offensive coordinator, they were 8th. So two years, they were top 10 offense in offensive yards per play. And then this year, they were 11th. That's pretty good. That's a big upgrade to what we've seen here in Chicago. So Mm -hmm. that's why I like this decision. They did interview a bunch of different people, but... This is someone whose name has been floated out there as an up-and-comer from that same McVay-Shanahan tree, and this is a guy who's done it before, and the Bears kind of luck out. Pete Carroll steps away, and it allows a uh, coach like this to become available for them to poach him for the same exact position with another team. Otherwise, if Pete Carroll was staying, the Bears wouldn't be able to hire Shane Waldron this cycle.
1: Yeah, So I I, I think it's good. Well, not only that, but like he... I don't know if he was going to get head coaching gigs, but if you look at the hot offensive coordinators, right, like look at Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, like those guys are getting um, run their names for head coaching gigs. Whereas you're right, because of the eh, retirement, whatever, moving up to the front office um, from the Seahawks, that now Shane Waldron, because of that, because of the Pete Carroll situation, becomes available. And he's probably... The most like he was the one that I was excited about when they said that they were going to interview him first. Right. I mean, there were a ton of names here and not all of them were names that excited me. Like I didn't really want Greg Roman, like Greg Roman really didn't do much for me, you know, and then they interviewed uh, a couple other guys. There were nine in total. And I think that when you go with a guy like Shane Waldron, it doesn't necessarily mean that for sure that Justin Fields is going to be out because of what he did with Geno Smith, right? Turning Geno Smith's career around is like this journeyman backup, injured a lot, didn't play a lot of games. And then now we've seen the last two seasons, you know, going 2023, they were uh, 13th in offensive DVOA. And as I mentioned before, they were 11th this year in offensive DVOA. But all these guys whether it was Greg Olson, not the one you heard on Waddle and Sylvie earlier, Thomas Brown, Cliff Kingsbury, Clint Kubiak, Zach Robinson, Marcus Brady, Liam Cohen. They're all from this Shanahan, McVeigh West Coast style offense. And it look, they're still going to run the football. All these successful teams run the football. And you're going to come into Chicago and people are going to be like, you need to run the ball more. You need to run the ball more because of the weather and, you know, the inconsistent wind and all that kind of stuff. Last I checked, Kansas City has crap weather like all the time, right? It's either way too hot or way too cold in Kansas City. They've had people come in the last two weeks to shovel snow out of uh, out of the Bills Stadium. Do they not throw the ball a lot? Like, that's the thing. It's like all these guys, Green Bay, do they not throw the ball a lot in Green Bay? They throw the ball a lot in a lot of bad weather. Chicago isn't specific to needing to run the ball a lot. I think this is a great hire for the Bears. I think that it, uh, I don't know what it says for Justin Fields and for the first overall pick of what it's going to do, but I believe it means that, that Caleb's probably going to be the quarterback. Well, that,
0: there. that critique that you're looking at in throwing the football and the fact that Shane Waldron with the Seahawks did not run the football, the, the, the balanced amount compared to throwing it. I think that's a critique on the quarterback. You know, he was able to get that done with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be able to be that guy. Therefore, yeah, I see that if you wanted to make the case that Fields is coming back, this is an individual who could help Justin Fields. I understand that. I also think the Bears are now set up for making a decision at going and getting that next quarterback And they have someone who wants to throw the football who will be able to coach and get the most out of that young player, whether that be Drake May, Caleb Williams, uh, anyone, Jalen Daniels, uh, anyone at the top of the board that you want to look at as a quarterback coming out of college. I think that's what this hire does is that it frees you from having to limit yourself to having Justin Fields. Like if the Bears would have gone with Greg Roman – you're right. It would have been like, okay, this is a move they're making to keep Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But then you're kind of stuck in that spot. I think the Bears are now free that they can go use that number one pick on a quarterback of their choosing. And now they're set. Because like, this is where my, uh, my attitude, my mindset, and my, my thoughts on the Chicago Bears have changed in the last month or so. At the end of the season, the team was playing good football. They what what, five of four, and they were on a roll, and mm-hmm. they were one of the better teams in the month of December in the league comparatively, especially in the NFC. Their defense is good enough. I think the offense is missing just only a couple of pieces, but it's improving. If you put in there a quarterback capable of throwing the football down the field, doing it consistently, and then also being a guy that's not just middle, like what Justin Fields is at, This team is immediately going to be a playoff contending team next season. And I think that's where I see what Jordan Love was able to do at the end of the season and into the playoffs. I see what C.J. Stroud did throughout the season into the playoffs, wins a playoff round, and that's the missing piece for this team. Justin Fields, can the Bears win with Justin Fields? I think they can. Do they have a better opportunity to win for a longer period of time? With someone who's better than Justin Fields? I think absolutely, and that's why it's the slam dunk. Your roster is set for a guy like Caleb Williams to come in and immediately have success. You know, this team isn't a two-win team that's going to be picking first in the draft where Caleb has to save the franchise. No. The the Bears have, have built up enough that you could bring in a quarterback like Williams, and he could be the guy who just gets you to the next spot because... If you, if you had to put the percentages out there, how likely is it the best quarterback of this next group will be better than Justin Fields? I think it's pretty likely. I think it is, too. And it doesn't matter who that person is. Do the research. Whoever that guy is, whoever it is, the best quarterback from this class is likely to be better than Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Does Justin have a very high floor? He does. You can win with Justin Fields. Yeah, This isn't a, uh, an opinion that's like anti-fields, hater on fields, this, that, and the other. All it is is that Bears are ready to win now, and if you get a better passer in there, and I think with the, the bringing in Shane Waldron as your offensive coordinator, you bring a better passer in with an offensive coordinator that wants to throw the football, you're set for success. And I, I think that's why this is a great hire today.
1: I think it is, too, and I I think you're right. Because, look, they won five games with Justin Fields. Two of them were Tyson Bajan, okay? And I know that wins aren't specifically a quarterback stat and losses are not specifically a quarterback stat. But look at the games that they could have won if they had a better quarterback. And I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be Caleb or Drake or whoever it is, whatever. The point is that when you have a chance to upgrade, you do it in any situation. The Patriots... Have the best NFL head coach of all time. And guess what? Time to end it. It's time to get better. And I think when you look at the Bears and their situation, I don't think they're that far off. They won seven games. Their defense is set. You're going to need another edge rusher. You're going to need another safety. You Obviously, every team isn't perfect. There are no perfect teams. Every team can tell you that they can improve in certain positions. And you obviously need that to get to where you want to go next year and win more than seven games. But the offense, you add another wide receiver, you add a center, and this offense is pretty much set. It's ready to go. Because I don't think they're moving off from Braxton Jones. I don't think they're going to uh, demote him and make him second string or use him as a as, as a as a bench player and like kind of rotate him in there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they like Braxton Jones. Everybody that wants them to draft a, a left tackle early in the draft, I don't think you're going to get it because – He's serviceable. He played every game two seasons ago. He played most of the games this year. They have Nate Davis. They're not getting rid of Nate Davis. They paid him a bunch of money. They really like Tevin Jenkins, and everybody likes Darnell Wright. He he played 80% of the season without a shoulder this year. So when he's healthy, he's going to be better. They need a center. They absolutely need a center. No one's going to tell you that they don't need a center. But they also are going to add another weapon, and when you add in a better quarterback, look what the Texans did. The Texans won a playoff game with a rookie quarterback and a defensive-minded head coach. Not saying that the Bears can't can't do it next year, but they're pretty close to it.
0: The Bears go out today. They hire a new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. He will be the guy who's calling plays for the Chicago Bears offense next season. Will Justin Fields be the quarterback? We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Shane Waldron's the new OC. Does that mean Justin Fields is back? We talk to you next.
2: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.
0: Last week in the wildcard round, watching the Packers win, watching the Texans win thought to myself, like, look at the way that C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love play quarterback. Justin Fields doesn't look like that. He just doesn't. He doesn't make the decisions that those two quarterbacks make. Now, you fast forward to this past weekend, the divisional round, and both quarterbacks lose. Their teams are bounced. But they got to that position, and both quarterbacks looked like they were still playing pretty decent football. Were they playing great football? No, because they would have won the games if they were to do that. But... Justin Fields doesn't look like CJ Stroud. He doesn't look like Jordan Love. And, and it's and I, I also think like the two of them, specifically, they look, they move a lot alike in the pocket. You notice that? Like mm-hmm. the way the way that they kind of negotiate with the pocket and avoid the the pressure and the the quick dump offs and the quick decision making. They both remind me of each other. And Justin Fields doesn't do that. No, he takes way too long to make a decision. He holds on to the ball. He pumps, he pumps, he pumps, then he decides to bail. It just it doesn't click the way it clicks for those two players. And watching Jordan Love over the last month has really changed my opinion on how the Bears should approach this
1: quarterback position going forward. What's crazy too is for them, it clicked right away, right? For CJ Stroud, Jordan Love sat for a bunch of years. Yes, I get it. But normally, you see in the third year that Players start to get it, right? I went through these numbers last week while you were on the beach. If you were, it was at night, you were probably at like a fancy Mexican dinner, enjoying some like beachside tacos or something like that. In Cabo? Yeah. What, what night was this? This was Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night?
0: Uh, yeah. Yes. Tuesday night. Yes. Yeah, right. That's That's what go. we were doing. Yes. We were in okay. uh, the Marina District. Yeah. Yes. We were having a nice dinner. We watched Josh Correct.
1: Allen last night. In his third year, he threw for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts in his third year, 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 rushing touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, this is his third year. People say he had a bad year. He threw for 4,000 yards and and 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. If you extrapolate Fields' games to 17, I know he was injured and didn't play in a full 17-game season, but if you just do the average... He would have thrown for 3,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Deshaun Watson in his second year threw for 4,100 yards and 26 touchdowns. He threw for 4,800 yards in 2020 when he had two head coaches. Like, eventually, it's supposed to click, right? Dak Prescott in his third year, 3,900 yards, 22 touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns. Like, it's supposed to click at a certain point, and we just haven't seen it. So that's why... You, to me, you go to what is somewhat of an unknown. Like every draft analyst seems to think that this is the best quarterback in a long time that Caleb Williams is. One of the best prospects they've seen. Better than Lawrence. Better than Fields. Better than all these guys. And if they're right, I don't know if you can pass up on that.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. And I, I think that's where you look at a player like Jordan Love. I know that he's not a rookie. But in two years in the future, when he has more experience, how good is he going to be? Because like he started off, and the season started well for the Packers, and then at the midway point, he struggled. He went through a slump this past season, and then he turned it on towards the end. Can you imagine how Jordan Love's going to look in two seasons? I mean, he's going to be really good. He's going to be a problem for Bears fans. And, and I think that's where that's the difference. Is that Fields has had the opportunity. And he has a nice game here or there, but it never solidifies. It never stays as the standard. It never is like he's building momentum for the future. It's every good game, then you get knocked back down a few uh, pegs to, to be mm-hmm. the quarterback who's like struggling, unsure of himself, not really making quick decisions in the pocket. Black and Abdullah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. With Shane Waldron being hired as offensive coordinator. Do you think that Justin Fields will be back as the Bears' quarterback? We go to Q on the South Side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Q? We
3: want to show you what's going on, Don. Uh, um I want to say yeah because uh, if you look at it, like I said, because from what Keyshawn Johnson has said and talked to Capnem, and the more, the more as I see all the analysis saying uh, about the coaching and uh, the staff, what like I said, what, what I would do, I do the same thing with what Keyshawn Johnson said. I'll uh, I'll just trade the pick and get a haul because, like I said, if you can get Marvin Harrison Jr. and um uh, and get you know, the t- the left tackle Ashano from Penn State, now you, you know you you're building you know notoriety for a team. And like I said, and Justin Fields, like I said, have I had that continuity of a head coach or an offensive coordinator. Because, like I said, well, the man, he didn't have time to sit. The man, uh, he was started, uh, at, well, his was his, his first or second year, and he was getting killed by his offensive line. So, like I said, we have to get a competent offensive coordinator and a, a co- coordinator who knows how to work with a quarterback like that. I understand, like I said, got, he got his whole – Flaws and everything, but we had to get an offensive coordinator who knows how to work with a uh, with a quarterback at his at, at his
0: style of play. Thanks, Q. Appreciate it. There he is, Q on the South Side. Ken in Geneva. You're on ESPN 1000. I think Q
4: hit the nail on the head. I think if the Bears go for the number one pick, they're going to turn him into the worst quarterback ever picked number one because that's what they do to everybody. But if they build a team with how they can trade him, and build some new receivers, get some offensive protection, you got enough to work with to get into the playoffs. What you do after that is anybody's guess. So that's all I wanted to say.
0: Got you, in, Ken appreciate it. We go to Harling and uh, Harding in Charlotte. You're listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Harding? Yeah, what's
4: going on, gentlemen? Real quick, i tired of talking about fields. Reason being, is if you ever think of a way to absolutely destroy a quarterback's development process, it would be that. Fields uh, three years in the league. But I, I want the Bears to take Caleb Williams for my own selfish reasons. I do Madden franchise for the first time ever. A rookie quarterback for the Bears may have a superstar development trait. That'd be absolutely awesome. My question to you, gentlemen, are yeah. if we put Fields in the number nine pick and we say, hey, Gerard Mayo, first black coach for the New England Patriots, you got a black quarterback opportunity here. Would you take it With the, and give us the third pick? Do we add a fourth-round pick? To get that, to get back up to Marvin Harrison. So we have Caleb Williams of Marvin Harrison on our team.
0: But Harding, to, to your concern, why wouldn't they just draft a quarterback third?
1: Who, the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, they could get Jaden so Daniels.
0: Jaden Daniels okay, fits your, don't you, uh, your you get him at, conversation. Michael Penix fits it. I mean, just draft one. So
4: you're saying that those – so any quarterback is what you're saying is going to be better than Justin Fields.
0: No, I'm not saying any. I'm just saying I, I don't know if teams are going to be moving the third overall pick for Justin Fields. Yeah,
1: Harding. The idea well, of having you're, you're Justin not. Fields. Well, no, the idea of having Justin Fields is for a team that doesn't have access to a quarterback because of where they pick. Like the Patriots have access to a quarterback where they pick.
4: Okay, so I'm operating as if the two top quarterbacks in that are the superstar quarterbacks you're going after. I think if I'm the Patriots, I would take a shot on Justin Fields, have the ninth pick, either trade back to get more assets or take one of those wide receivers that may still be available because the Patriots are depleted of talent. And I'm thinking, hey, if you can put uh, Justin Fields in the quarterback position over there in New England, Gerard Mayo figures that portion out, there's some talent and potential. I'm doing that probably. But if you guys say, no, I mean, it is what it is. I'm hoping the Bears can figure it out, though, because Caleb Williams match with Marvin Harrison yeah. now. It's good to me.
0: Harding, something you said, uh, you said that the Bears uh, ruined Fields for this previous season. How, how so?
4: No, so when I say, and i and said this about probably Mr. Biscuit too, we talk about Justin Fields as if he's the first quarterback in Bears franchise to not throw for 4,000 yards, to not throw for 30-plus touchdowns. The Bears have not had that accomplished in 104 years. The organizations you speak of have had that done consistently. The Packers, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love. So, like, there's an institutional success of understanding how to develop a quarterback. Even when you think about the San Francisco 49ers, they took the big swing on Trey Lance, absolutely failed. And I don't think he even had a fair shot, but they noticed something really quickly within Brock Purdy to say, hey, he understands the system we have that exists here, and he's going to be successful within this system. You think about Matthew Stafford, left the Lions, went to the Rams, Sean McVay. Found a way to be successful. Jared Goff is now with the Lions, and he found a system that fit him. So oftentimes, I think we look so much for a player to carry an organization when in reality, we should say, hey, does an organization understand how to bring out the absolute best of this player?
0: All right, Harding. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Yep, yep. I mean, I, I just think that the Bears offered the opportunity for Field to be successful this year. He just wasn't able to get it done. That's it. End of story. I mean, if you were a better player, he would have been a better player. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I, well, yeah, and that's they the thing. Got and him that... a great wide receiver. The offensive line at times played pretty well. At times when they were banged up, they struggled. But for the
1: most part, they gave him every opportunity. He just didn't succeed. Well, in that situation, Harding is still trading Justin Fields away. You know what I mean? Like it, it's still you still have an opportunity to upgrade. Like I don't I don't care who the quarterback <laughs> is at the start of the season. I do. I want a winner. I want someone to to win. No, no, no. Let me finish. I care. I care who it is as long as they're winning. Like, I want them to win. If the Bears decide to trade the first overall pick and Shane Waldron thinks he can fix Justin Fields and, and, you know, they draft a wide receiver and they trade the pick back and they draft whatever they do and they end up going, then fine. Awesome. I like Justin Fields. He's a nice guy. He's a great leader. I just want the team to win. I think the best way, the fastest way, that you can turn this team around and turn them from a seven win team to a 10 or 11 win team is with improved quarterback play. And that's probably going to come from a new quarterback.
0: You can't watch the quarterbacks in the playoffs and say that fields is making the decisions that they make at the same uh, pace like that. That's you can't Mm -hmm. do it No, because when you watch these quarterbacks, they're making quick decisions in the pocket. We'll take more of your calls.
2: Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah ESPN Chicago.
0: Weeknights here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Talking football. What else would we be talking about? I mean, it's the only thing people want to debate in the city, and I love it. Should Justin Fields return? Should the Bears draft a quarterback number one? The Bears have a new offensive coordinator announced today. Uh, It was reported. Uh, Courtney Cronin on ESPN.com. Uh, the Bears hire Shane Waldron as their new offensive coordinator. He spent time with the Seahawks the last three years. He was their offensive coordinator. Before that, from 2017 to 2020, he was a passing game coordinator and a coach for the Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay. So the credentials are there. You have a offensive-minded coordinator who is in tune with what modern NFL teams are running the Shanahan offense, the, the McVay offense. And, and what you will see is a lot of passing, a lot of shifting in formations, a lot of disguise, and hopefully not something that he did with the Seahawks, but hopefully they run the ball and they, they make it more balanced because this team is a good running football team. But hopefully the quarterback that you pair with Shane Waldron is a quarterback who can take advantage
1: of all the passing plays that will be called. Yeah, but NFL average is 60-40. Like, here's the thing. I want a, an offensive coordinator that's going to tailor the game plan to the opponent, right? If you if you come out and you need to run the ball fifty times and run the ball fifty times. If it's working, keep doing it. If it's working and they can't stop it, exploit the weakness. If if slants are working over the middle, keep running slants. If screens are working, keep throwing screens. Like like he's here's the thing. He's called plays before. He's called a lot he's called plays at a lot of different places. He knows what he's doing. And I like that. And he's developed quality game plans, and he gets the most out of his talent. That's the thing. He got the most out of Geno Smith when nobody else could. And I'm not saying he's going to do that for Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. He's going to do it for a quarterback here in Chicago. We just don't know who yet. Scott in South Elgin. You're on
0: ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? Hey,
5: what's happening, gentlemen? Happy uh, Manic Monday. What's up, man? Well, see, the NFL is a business, and a lot of people got to start looking at it as a business. Uh, unfortunately, Justin Fields' time has run out. He's he's coming up on a on a either huge payday or you got to trade him, which is why I feel like he's going to end up being an Atlanta Falcon, and you reset that rookie clock by by drafting Caleb Williams. And if every single analyst is wrong, then the Bears clearly are just completely inept at developing quarterbacks and we'll never have one. That's the way I look at it. And all these people calling in saying, "Yeah, the wide receiver this, wide receiver that." But did 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 Wicks and I can't even pronounce any of these other guys' names for the Packers this year. Did they make Jordan Love <laughs> better or did Jordan Love make them better? Because I feel like it's we're, we're reversing the roles here. You got to you got to have some kind of football intelligence and speak with some kind of some, some sort of semblance of thought process when you're talking about these things. You want to bring Jalen Johnson back for $20 million? You, you're not going to do that if you, if you pay Justin Fields. He's, he's out the door. You're losing the best cover corner in the league. I, I, I stand on that. I, I, cried on my, I cried my eyes out when we drafted Justin Fields. I loved it. I thought it was the greatest pick of all time, and unfortunately, his brain cannot process football at the speed that we need, and I do love Shane Waldron, I thought that was the best offensive coordinator we could have have gotten. A lot of Bears fans wanted Cliff Kingsbury because it's a cute name. But, no, we did the right thing. The Bears are in the right path. Now we just got to make the right move. I'll hang up and listen. You guys have a good evening.
0: Thanks, Scott. Appreciate the phone call. You know, Abdallah, after that phone call, I started to think of something. Uh, Scott said he thinks that the Bears will trade Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. Could I put you in a world... Do you see today that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to have a second interview with the Falcons? Yes, and the Chargers. And the Chargers. Is there a world that exists where Jimbo accepts the Falcons job and the Bears trade Justin Fields to the Falcons and they become a powerhouse in the NFC South? Is there a world where Harbaugh gets the most out of Justin Fields as an Atlanta Falcon running the football, power formations? Is, is there a world that exists where that could take place? Hmm.
1: And then all of us here in the city are like,
0: that's what we wanted.
1: Maybe. I think it's more likely that he goes to the Chargers and we don't even, and then oh. it's going to be Belichick in oh. in the in, in Atlanta. But no, no, no. But all right. But okay. Jim Harbaugh's someone that has gotten the most out of whatever talent he has, right? The most out of everybody. Look at what he did with Colin Kaepernick. Look what he did in Michigan. It's what we wanted. Of course it is. And I think that, look, if we talked about it before the Bears decided to retain Eberflus, that if Jim Harbaugh came here and said, I'm sticking with Justin Fields, we'd be like, okay. Because I know you're going to get the most out of him. I know that you're going to do everything you can to squeeze every last ounce of talent out of Justin Fields that we can get because we've seen him do it before. What if Bill Belichick takes the
0: Falcons job and Belichick trades for Justin Fields and Justin Fields and Bill Belichick make a run deep into the playoffs in the NFC? Could you see Bill Belichick and
1: Justin Fields teaming up? Superpowers to get to the Super Bowl? Oh, I can. But Josh McDaniels is probably going to be his uh, offensive coordinator from reports. So uh, good luck with that. Why? He he won with Tebow. Would they win? Right? Would they win? Didn't they go 500? They won a playoff game. Okay.
0: Or Tebow wasn't there when he was there, were they? I don't know. Tebow won a playoff game.
1: I don't know if he was there when he was when. McDaniels Wasn't there a little patriot stance there too? I yeah, I think so. Yeah, because Belichick joked at his press conference. He goes, "There's more cameras here than when we signed Tebow." Okay, all right. So yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I think if it's uh, if it's Josh McDaniels, then good luck to you. If it's Harbaugh, then I'm worried. But Harbaugh's going to the Chargers. Don't be dumb.
0: Tyler in Arlington Heights, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tyler? What's up, guys? I saw something crazy on Twitter. Been thinking about it for a while. Must be what true. if there's a chance? <laughs> what if there's a chance that we take Caleb one? Okay. We have our pick at nine. We trade Justin and a pick of our own and maybe even nine to move up to that spot at like three or four and you can still nab that receiver and Marvin Harrison that we all want so badly. That'd will, be
1: awesome. It'd be awesome. It will not be enough. You're not going to trade. Oh, Houston like last year. I don't think it would be enough. I don't think Fields and a nine and the ninth pick is plus enough to move up. Plus a two? You don't have a two. What do you mean we have the two? They don't have the second. This year. They don't have their second round pick. Yeah, they don't have it. Oh, I they traded it for anything. Montez no. Sweat. No. Don't be hung up.
0: Well, he didn't like the information you were giving him.
1: They have a two next year. (laughs) They have a
0: second pick next year. The Bears trade their second-round pick for Montez Sweat.
1: Yeah, here's here's the most likely scenario is that you trade Justin Fields for a second-round pick. That's the most likely scenario. Straight up, Justin Fields, second-round pick. That's the most likely scenario. To a team that is just out of the range, like Atlanta, of being able to draft a quarterback. Because Daniel Jeremiah put out his mock draft last week, Chris. I saw. And, uh... Quarterbacks went 1-2-3. Yep. And wide receivers went 1-2-3 right after that. And then you had Bo Nix going 14th to the Saints. And that was it. Those are the quarterbacks taken. So if that's the way that it shakes out, and I'll give you a preview of tomorrow's shows today. To, to Tomorrow's shows tonight, Mel Kuyper Jr. is putting out his first mock draft tomorrow. Oh, it's great. So you're going to get Mel Kuyper's mock draft tomorrow. Locked and loaded. And I guarantee you it has Caleb Williams to the Bears at number one. What if the Bears continue moving back? They just move back and every back. Pick, and every, back.
0: And they just collect picks. And then in 2027. All of those picks they have and then trade pick?
1: back up. What if they do that? Is that something they can do? I think that if they work this, if they work this the right way, Chris, yeah. they could have every pick in the 2027 draft. <laughs>
2: This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.
0: Weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll continue taking your calls on the Chicago Bears at 312-332-3776. Here you go, Chase on the south side. Hello, Chase.
5: Blake, what's happening, man? How you been? How was your vacation?
0: Oh, it was great. Beautiful man, weather. We
5: missed, yeah, we it was almost 80 here. every
0: day. It was beautiful. Speak, Sunshine and everything. Speak for yourself, Chase. Yeah. That's- uh, Chase, yes, if, yes. You, if you cut my, uh, my arm open, uh, tequila would just ooze out of me. Oh, wow. It's all I drank for a week. Time. It was great.
2: That's good, man. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Man. Yeah, it but, was good. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Saw some whales. Chase, have you ever seen a whale up close? No. No. I saw some whales. See a lot of oh, them God. in Cabo. I'll We're not talking about your one. nightlife, Chase. Yeah, yeah, Chase. We're what talking what about in the ocean. In the ocean, my man.
2: I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. But anyways, I ain't called to talk <laughs> about whales, man. I call to talk about the oh, you wanna talk about whales? I
0: saw some humpbacks.
2: No, no. Again, no. we're not talking it's, about your yeah. nightlife,
0: Chase. Yeah. yeah. Some babies okay. jumping out of the water. It was nice. It was good.
2: <laughs> oh boy. Uh listen, man. So look, I was you know this is my office of coordinators and I mentioned this before. You know, a great a great quarterback makes – I've said it a great quarterback makes the offensive coordinator's job so much better. Um, I remember Sylvie, you know, and even Cap, they was all talking about all the offensive coordinators that we've had over the last several years. I mean, we've had Shoup and Gary Crone and uh, Mike Marks and all those guys, and those were horrible offensive coordinators. But you got to think about the quarterbacks that we've had over the years. I mean, it, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is that, look, Regardless of what who we bring in offensive coordinator, you have got to get a quarterback to make plays. I mean, yeah. we've seen over this over this playoff weekend that the quarterback position is so vital. It change. It's like if I'm an offensive if I'm an offensive play caller, and I'm an off, and I call plays, I always look at it like, hey, how can I become an efficient play caller if I got a quarterback that's deficient? You know what I mean? Like if I got a, a quarterback who can't read defenses. It, it makes your job so much difficult calling plays. On, on a court, when you are got a quarterback who can make plays, it makes calling plays so much easier. It just makes For sure. It's like you can be more creative. You can be more aggressive. Like, listen, and listen, I am not a Getty fan at all. I, you know, but we can sit here and go after him and say, oh, he was terrible or horrible at call and horrible calling plays. But at the same time, you can also – yes, he can sit there and say – I'm trying to scheme plays for my quarterback. If my quarterback is not seeing a field wheel and he's not making accurate throws and he's not seeing and he's not throwing it when the guy's there, what is he supposed to do? You, you get what I'm saying? We got I you, mean,
1: Chase. It goes both ways. Absolutely. But, yeah, Thanks you, for the call, my so man. Yeah. Chase. I appreciate you. Night. night.
0: Make sure you check out the whales next time you go to Cabo, my man. Yeah, man. man.
2: Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What it? dial?
1: There's, there's no dial on Those whales have yeah, tails? Yeah, I saw time. some I saw some whales. I saw some because tails. Saw some whale tails.
0: Yeah. It's time for yeah. Black and Abdallah's Song
5: of the Night. Yo, Larry.
0: Tonight's song, we go to Corey Hart. Sunglasses at night from 1984. It's your Song of the Night with Black and Abdallah. Each night here on the program, we like to bring you a song. Corey Hart is tonight's featured artist. Your Song of the Night
1: Got a lot more time to fill No, I'm good You sure? Yeah well tell us more about Corey Hart Want to hear more about whales? And their tails? Maybe Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. This song was released
0: January 21st, 1984. This
1: song's 40 years old! How about that? Wow, 40 years old. This song went to number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100. And uh, it sounds an awful lot like the rhythmic songs. It does. Doesn't
0: it? I, I thought it was the song. When you were playing this earlier today, I thought it was Sweet, that
1: song. Uh, Sweet Dreams? Yeah. Sweet Dreams on made up. It um, sounds a lot like it. According to co-producer, I'm just reading this off of Wikipedia, Phil Chapman, the recording sessions for the album took place in a studio whose air conditioning slash heating vents were directly above the mixing console. Air from the vents would blow in their faces, so they wore sunglasses to protect their eyes. Hart, working on a new song, began to improvise lyrics of I Wear My Sunglasses At Night. Just- Thought I'd let you know. Well, thank you. That's
0: a nice uh, factoid to add to the song of the night. Um, That it's it's meaningless. Is there any any way to confirm or deny whether or not Jesse Rogers wears the sunglasses in studio while hosting shows because of that same theory? It's not.
1: I'm sitting in the exact same spot where (laughs) Jesse would sit. (laughs) Jesse always has his sunglasses on. Uh, That's just because he wears sunglasses. Have you ever worn sunglasses at night? At night? As like a fashion statement. Well,
0: like last week. You'd be like in the evening you would wear them before sunset. Yeah. Cuz I, I was in Mexico so you're like wearing sunglasses at the beach area. Yes. And then you would
1: have them on and the sun would go down, you still have them on. You kind of take them off though. So I do I kind of do that at like festivals, like outdoor festivals because I don't want to lose them. So I'll just be wearing just them all day them. and I just keep them on yeah, just until it's like pitch black out. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I look like a douche now.
0: <laughs> now, there, there is a pop culture reference recently to this song. It, it? it was featured in uh, Jordan Peele's movie. Nope. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, the it movie was. that came out a couple of years ago. Yes, it was. Yes, uh, it, it's like a, a vital movie. part of the movie. Is, yeah, is uh, the song playing in the van when things are happening. Yes. I, don't, I don't know if I spoil it for yeah, people, great but movie. go yeah, watch. it was an awesome movie by uh, Jordan Peele. And, yeah, and this song is certainly featured in
1: it. It's a very long one too. Really? Apparently, it's in. Uh, Grand Theft Auto also, people are saying. Vice oh, yeah, City, it's in sure. Vice City. Yeah, I can see that. All right, there you go. Confirmed by Sean, producing the show tonight. Um, I've worn, worn sunglasses at night when it uh, wasn't legal to smoke marijuana. Because mm. nothing says I'm not high by wearing sunglasses at night to cover okay, your... Jesse Rogers. Yeah, well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to... I mean, it is legal, but I'm not going to besmirch the good name of Jesse Rogers. But, uh, yeah. Sunglasses at night, Corey Hart. It's your song of the night with Black and
0: Abdallah.
2: Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for...
5: What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never
2: mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song
1: of the Night.
5: Yo, Larry.
0: The uh, Detroit Lions made the NFC Championship game. What does that mean for the future of the Bears? We'll talk some Bears football coming up in two minutes.
2: Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.